Hey there, welcome to the Collide Podcast. This is Willow Weston. I'm the founder and director of Collide, and I just got to interview an old friend, Catherine Terrio. She is a life coach. Uh, she is the owner of and founder of Destiny Life Coaching and the author of a book she recently released called They Call Me Mary of Magdala, The Story of My Seven Demons. And in this podcast, I got to talk to Catherine all about this new book, why she wrote it, more about Mary Magdala and what were the demons that she fought and how Jesus met her in that place and brought healing to her life. I hope you enjoy this interview. Check it out. Catherine, it's so good to be with you. I think we both looked up on the screen at each other's faces and we're like, hey, old friend. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> it's been so many years and you and I were a part of a church decades ago where we saw God just on the move changing lives. My life was being changed. I think so many people's lives are being changed. Your life is probably being changed. Just the power and the healing and the presence was so evident and we got to experience that. And I think about it so fondly. So it's good to just be with you again. Yes. So, so good to see you, to be with you, Willow. I'm honored to be here and super excited to just connect with you again after all these years. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I haven't spent time with you. You, we talked about this a little bit offline, but your husband, Mike, had a deep impact on my life and God's calling on my life. And I haven't talked to you since he passed. And I'm wondering how you've navigated that grief and that loss, such an incredible loss in the last few years. It has actually been 11 years, Willow, if you can believe that. I can't. Um, the journey has been really unbelievable. Uh, a lot of times you hear people say that, that grief is kind of like a roller coaster, uh, but I really liken it to a little bit more of the zipper, <laughs> the ride, the zipper, uh, where you are spinning, <laughs> spinning backward and forward and tumbling and, and completely have lost all your bearings. And yet, uh, the beauty of that is that we know that on the ground, Jesus is the one holding the control to the ride of our lives. And so my journey, um, the first couple years were truly, I'd say the first year was a black hole. That's really the only way that I can describe it. I don't remember very much of that deep grief, uh, but, but God, He sustained me through that. And then about two and a half years in, I, I started asking the Lord, okay, do you have something else for me? I'm, I'm starting to come out of this, this grief. Do you have something else? And I was blessed and presently, uh, pleasantly surprised to get a, an offer uh, to go and work on the island of Hawaii uh, with orphans with special needs, a ministry and a foundation. And so I felt like, okay, yes, this is my next chapter. And that season in Hawaii was three years, and I call it my, my three-year season of healing. And that truly was a beautiful chapter in my life where God did some amazing um, 
just clarification of my own identity. Now, who, who I was, now that I wasn't Mike's wife anymore, now that I wasn't um, the pastor's wife or the tambourine lady. <laughs> and so it was really uh, a beautiful season. And now I have been in uh, Arizona for about five years. And uh, God had led me to start up Destiny Life Coaching. So this is where I am um, just living out really my calling, my dream, and uh, feeling so grateful to God for His healing. So, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it's a grief is a wild ride. It's interesting to me because you, you asked God this question searching for for more for purpose and you know i don't know how familiar you are with kubler ross's five stages of grief but someone has since tacked on a sixth which is meaning and it's making meaning out of grief and it seems like that question that you asked the lord was almost like trying to make meaning out of it, it doesn't mean that you're trying to make sense out of why you're experiencing what you're experiencing but how can i use this time this space this new season my pain my my learning lessons my experiences to make meaning in this world and you are doing that which is so incredible mm. so you have have started destiny coaching and now this year you just released your first book. How how did the Lord lay this idea on your heart and how has it come to be? I feel like um I've had this book in me for a very very long time. I've felt I love to write. I'm a journaler. I have been writing and writing and writing for years and years and years. It's one of the ways that I really process with God. And uh, He gives me a lot of clarification through journaling. And so my writing uh, has been always a passion for me. And it's always been a dream to write a book. And I wrestled with God for many, many years about like, what does that book look like? Is it is it a devotional? Is it a Bible study? Is it an autobiography? Is it a, a novel? And uh, I can honestly say that Francine Rivers has been probably one of my number one inspirations uh, for my writing. When she uh, produced the the five novellas based on the lives of of Think Mary. Tamar, Bathsheba, Ruth, and Hagar. Um, I think those are the, the novellas. Um, he puts skin on these women in the Bible. And I'm so passionate about the Word of God that, uh, that I just was like, oh, I want more. And so it was a few years ago where the Lord said, okay, here is your book. And truly taking the life of Mary Magdalene, who... The Bible says, the one whom Jesus cast out seven demons, that's really all we know about her, other than that she was at the tomb, hmm. um, she was at the crucifixion, um, but, but there's so much speculation about her. And so I, I wanted to dig into the idea of how did she get those seven demons? And you know... We all struggle. We've all got our trauma. We've all got our stories. We've all got our mm -hmm. demons, if you will. And so I just ran with that. And the Lord completely downloaded the book to me um, chapter by chapter. 
Mm, that's so very cool. What do you hope people will get from this book? Mm, great question. Two words, Willow. I want people to know Jesus heals. Period. Jesus is the healer. He's the healer of our hearts, our minds, our pasts, our presence, our bodies. He he has the power to heal us in the deepest places. And that's the message I want people to walk away with um, after reading this book. So in this book, you sort of lay out Mary Magdalene's seven demons she battled. What are they in your book? They are uh, addiction, death, fear, rage, hatred, suicide, and shame. Mm. And and how did you pick those? Because like you said, Scripture tells us she battled demons, but not specific ones. So you clearly sort of, it sounds like, took liberty in your book to write about her as a character and what those, those demons are. Why did you pick those ones? So um, this is a fictional novel, so it is absolutely my presentation um, of a biblical story, a biblical narrative, and the reality that life is hard, and many of us have journeyed from small children on a road that we would not have chosen for ourselves. And through our journeys, we pick up traumas along the way unfortunately, and we carry them into our adulthood. And shame, check, fear, check, right? Rage, check. So I, I feel like in the story and, and the, the plot reveals how she acquired each of those demons along the way. <clears throat> so um, yeah, that's kind of how those were, um, how they came to life, how they were personified, so to speak. How do you resonate with Mary Magdalene? Mm. Your own life story, the roads you've walked, the demons you battle. Sure, sure. I, I, as we know, the the line between truth and fiction is often a little blurry. And so I have poured my heart and some of my story into Mary's life. Uh, there are some crossovers. I, I've experienced an alcoholic parent. I've experienced um, the unwanted advances of others at a young age. I've experienced the the deep deep pain of loss and suffering and so along my journey mary came to life hmm. so you talked about your biggest hope is that when people read this they would know jesus heals mm -hmm. 
What happens to Mary Magdalene as she's battling these demons? How does she experience healing? Maybe you don't want to share everything that happens in the book, but I'd love to hear as I think about people listening who are like, yeah, I can resonate. I have demons that I fight. I have trauma. I have battles. I do long for healing. What do I do mm-hmm. with with these with these things? Mm-hmm. Now what? So as as a life purpose and identity coach, I I have the honor of walking alongside people and I, I, I say I get to hold their hearts in my hands and um, my, my, my ultimate prayer for everyone is that we would have a close encounter with the living God, with Jesus Christ, the Savior, and truly healing in my life personally has come from fighting and attacking uh, all those demons and battling and trusting and clinging to Jesus, clinging to the Word of God, clinging to prayer and worship, especially when I didn't feel like it or I didn't have any capacity for that. I... I have sunk myself so deeply into the Word of God, and and that is life. The Word is living and active and sharper than any double-edged sword, and it it has the power to, to cut away all of those painful areas of our hearts and our lives, and, and we can be set free through the voice of God in Scripture. And so freedom and breakthrough comes from sometimes even pounding on the chest of our good father with tears pouring down our face and saying, I don't understand it. I don't like this. I don't want this, but I trust you. I trust you that you have good in store for me. So for all of our friends that are in that hard, hard, dark, place, the dark night of the soul, I would say, cling, my friend, my sister, fight, attack, beat back those demons and, and never let go of the hope that Jesus is holding out for each of us, that abundant life that he came to give us. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's, <clears throat> that's such a great invitation to keep fighting. I mean, you're using words like fight, attack, battle, I think for some women, they're so tired. They're so tired and they feel like they've been in the ring for so long. What's your advice mm-hmm. to them? I will. That's so true. Um, weariness is part of the journey. I used to have a, a friend that say, used to say to me, I know you're afraid along the edges. And I just love that that visual and and wow do we ever get tired we get weary and it's okay it's okay to to crawl up in the lap of our father and say i just need you to hold me i just need to hear your heart beating i just need a word or a touch from you it's okay it's okay to take a nap it's okay to to have a snickers bar it's okay to to truly just 
admit that we we don't have it all together. We we need we need a touch from the Savior. We can be weary and and life is hard and we will get through this. Today is today and tomorrow is another day, a fresh opportunity with new mercies available. It's it's interesting because <clears throat> when you talk about experiencing Jesus's healing, you're talking about us kind of participating, engaging, fighting, like all these verbs, fighting, clinging, attacking, battling. I think sometimes people think healing, the experience of healing is like a magic wand, that God just waves a magic wand and our demons are gone, our past traumas are gone, our insecurities are gone, our relational wounds are gone. And so we're just waiting to wake up on an average Wednesday and experience this healing. What do you want to say about that. (laughs) Willow, you are so right. Um, Healing is not a passive sport, period. Healing is not a passive sport. It is ours for the taking, but we have to be actively, intentionally participating in our own growth, in our own freedom, in our own breakthroughs. We, We surround ourselves with with great people, godly people, with life coaches, with a great church and a great Bible study. Um, but ultimately, it's the one-on-one. It's the, it's the prayer closet. It's the, I don't feel like reading my Bible today, but I'm going to do it anyway. It's the discipline. It's the discipline of saying, I will not let go until you bless me, just like Jacob wrestling with that that angel. I will not let go until you bless me. I have a little, I have a talk that I talk about um, getting greedy with God, getting greedy with God. Throughout the scripture, we see over and over and over, Abraham, he went back to God seven times and said, but what about this? But what about this? But what about, what if there are five people that are righteous in the town? Will you still destroy them? And God relented. We see uh, Moses um, saying, I, if your presence does not go with me, I don't want to go. And God said, my presence will go with you. I will give you rest. And then Moses said, he got a little greedier and he said, now show me your glory. And then Jacob, yes, wrestling with the angel of the Lord. We see Jesus saying, knock and it will be opened. Seek and you will find. Um, uh, Ask and it will be given. Over and over, the persistent widow, she kept coming, she kept coming, she kept coming. And finally, the judge relented. So I think that's a, a, a message woven throughout scripture that we are to, to get greedy with God, to pursue him, to... Um, receive everything that he has for us, which is so much, so good. Are you feeling overwhelmed and pulled in a hundred different directions? Do you struggle with comparison, perfectionism, and managing the constant hustle? Do you feel like you're failing to hold everything together? Maybe it's time to take a step back and focus on what's truly important. We have gathered wisdom and insights from a group of amazing women to create a seven-part devotional called All the Best that will help you connect with Jesus and find peace and restoration. 
through guided reflection on the story of Mary and Martha in Luke 10, you'll gain insight into how to overcome distractions, worry, comparison, and more. This devotional will help you understand what Jesus meant when he said, she has chosen what is best. Don't wait any longer to invest in your relationship with Jesus. Order our devotional today and discover the joy and peace that comes from choosing what is best. Click on the link in the show notes to grab your copy of our All the Best devotional today. Yeah, you're kind of inviting us to be feisty with God. I think his daughters, (laughs) you know, who have relationships or maybe healthy relationships with our fathers, and I didn't grow up having a lot of time with my father, but I, I look at Rob and Bella and Bella feels safe enough with her dad that she can come and knock on his door asking him for what she wants or what she needs or what she hopes for. Yes. And I think so often we've experienced so much pain and disappointment that to come to our dad and <clears throat> have this kind of feisty energy and keep asking him to do what we want him to do or telling him what we need. Um, Sometimes we can just give up because we don't want our hope to be disappointed. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering what your advice is for someone who's just like, man, I've prayed that prayer so many times. I've asked God to release me from this. I've asked God to get me unstuck and it keeps not happening. Mm. Willow, you are so right. Um, we, We can we can be disappointed by life often. And I remember I remember being on a walk. That was one of the ways that I processed my grief early on after Mike passed away. Uh, I would walk and walk and walk. Sometimes at two in the morning, I'd be walking on the golf course and just talking to God. And I remember when I had this revelation that I was disappointed in God. I was disappointed in God, and I felt so shameful. I felt so ashamed that that was where I was as a as a you know pastor's wife, as a godly woman that that I was feeling this horrifying emotion, and I felt the tender love of my Savior wrap around me right there on the golf course, and I just I just wept. And he said, "I understand your disappointment." My beloved, I understand Jesus of of, of all people gets disappointment. He he was betrayed by his best friend. He was um, rejected and spit upon and he did nothing wrong. And he experienced the same kind of disappointment I think that we feel here on, on, on earth. And I think it's okay um, to feel that. And I think Part of the healing comes when we can truly identify those raw emotions that we are feeling and we can admit we are broken. We are desperate. We, apart from God's healing touch, we are done. And so admitting it, acknowledging it, and being comforted by the fact that God can take it he can take our disappointment. He can take our anger. He can take all of that because ultimately he knows that our desperate hearts are just longing for a healing touch from him. And so 
don't give up. My sweet sisters, my friends, my brothers, don't give up. If for this life we only have hope, we are to be pitied more than any. If this is as as good as it gets or as bad as it gets here, we need to fix our eyes on our eternal hope because this is not all there is. This is just the, the dress rehearsal. We are headed for glory. We are headed for eternity. And we can cling to that. We can hold on to that with every breath that we take and trust that, you know, even as Bob Goff said a couple weeks ago, like, I'm done with 21,230 days of my life already. I, I may have, you know, may, maybe three or four or 5,000 days left. So I'm, I'm in a race to the finish line and I'm, I want to finish strong. And so I'm holding on to my eternal hope when it gets too hard to hold on to the hope of this life. I I love that you're inviting us to participate, to engage. I think about Jesus colliding with people in the New Testament. We talk about that all the time around here. And when he does, when he collides with someone who's wounded, who's battling a demon, it feels like over and over again, he's inviting their participation. Mm-hmm. So it feels like I'm, I think about the woman bent over, she's bent over by a spirit and she's in the back of the synagogue and he actually invites her to walk up in front of everybody. And then she she has to decide if she's going to go. What a risky, vulnerable thing to have to do. And she walks up and, and he actually heals her. I think about, you know, the man who is carried by his four friends and he needs healing and he had to participate by allowing other broken humans to carry him, which is risky and vulnerable in and of itself, right? I think about so many times where Jesus collides with people who need healing, but he invites them to participate, right? Like the guy who's waiting at the waters and he's, he's standing there and he's like, man, I keep waiting for to be the first down into the waters because superstition was you'd be healed if you were the first in and he can't be the first in because he can't make it, which is such a limited offer of healing, by the way. And it's so crazy because the healer standing right in front of him, but all he's doing is complaining about how all the things he's tried hasn't worked. Mm. And so it's so interesting to me when you talk about you want people to know that Jesus heals, and yet you're saying fight, attack, battle, cling, participate in healing. When you think about Jesus colliding with Mary Magdalene, what do you see in Jesus that you just absolutely loves about what he does with someone like her and her pain? Mm. I love that question. (laughs) What I love about Jesus when he encounters us that are broken, that are bent over, that are shattered into a million piece, pieces, is the fact and the reality that He already sees us whole. He already sees us healthy. He already sees us put back together and thriving. He sees the finished product. So He, he takes one look at Mary and sees her potential, sees that 
He is going to be a force for the kingdom of God. He sees that he's going to be the, the one to speak to, to her after he is resurrected from the grave. He actually encounters, encounters her and she wants to grab a hold of him. And he says, don't touch me yet because I haven't ascended to my father yet. But go and tell the, the brothers, tell the disciples. And so I love that Jesus sees not our brokenness, but who he created us to be. Whole and healthy, thriving, living abundantly in his power, by his grace, and beautifully alive as daughters and sons of the Most High God. Mm. It's interesting to me that God can see who we've been, who we are, and who we could be. Yes. Right? All of it at one time. At one time. In the last couple of minutes, it strikes me that you've talked about this hope we have in glory in eternal life and forever life, that this isn't all we have. And then you just said we have a God who can see us fully whole, fully healthy, fully healed. I don't know if you're referring to in eternity when when that will happen, but I'm curious in your own story of pain, the, your own story of grief, losing your husband, going through everything you've gone through, being disappointed that this is how the story went. Has, has the loss of Mike and all that you went through made heaven and eternity and the hope of something beyond the now and the pain and the disappointment has, has it made it so much more real to you? Absolutely. Absolutely. hundred percent. Um, I, I can't wait. I can't wait to, to take my last breath here and my first breath in heaven, not that I have a death wish or anything like that, but what I'm saying is that I want to live so fully alive now that, you know, I think it's been said, you want to like slide in exhausted and dirty and <laughs> all used up. Um, but the hope of, of eternity uh, is so very real to me, knowing that... Um, I have lots of people there actually waiting. Uh, I I lost my dad when I was 17, and I lost my mother when I was 20. And then in the last five years, I've lost a sister and a brother. And so um, one thing I know for sure is that none of us is getting out of here alive. And that it is our choice, our decision how we choose to live out the finite days we have to to make a difference to 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 leave a legacy to make an impact in this world and for me i i want to go out swinging swinging for the fence and so that when when i do when i do take my first breath in heaven oh lord may it be so that i would hear the words well done well done, my good and faithful servant. So that's, that's exciting that we can live here and now 
um, not that we can ever earn our way or do anything to, to get to heaven, except outside of the, the saving grace of Jesus Christ, of course, but uh, that we would live so intentionally that our impact and our legacy lives on long after we leave this earth. Hmm. Catherine, I have to ask you before we close up, you wrote this whole book about Mary Magdalene. You mentioned that Jesus, after he dies, shows up to her. Why do you think he showed up to this woman who battled demons after he died? Why her? Hmm. Ah, Willow, Jesus experienced everything that we did. He felt all of the the temptations he he battled satan himself in the desert like face to face hand to hand combat and he knows he he gets us he gets us and so for him to appear to this woman who once was lost and broken for him to give her that honor just tells me that he is so madly in love with us that that he wants to go face to face with us after our healing and, and during our healing and even in our in our darkness that that he is the intimate savior that is wants to speak with us he wants to touch us he wants to heal us and uh, he chose Mary, I think, because any one of us could be Mary. And he wants to say to every single one of us, I have something to say to you. And I want to meet you here and now. Hmm. Well, Catherine, I can't wait to read your book. I'm so excited for you and what God's doing in your life and through your life. And I'm so grateful that you hung out with us on the podcast today. How can people check out this book and what you're up to? Um, let's see. The book is called They Call Me Mary of Magdala, The Story of My Seven Demons. And God willing, it will be the first in a series called uh, the They Call Me series that will come out over the next few years. I'm going to go New Testament, Old Testament. So again, God willing, um, the next book will be called They Call Me Sarai, the story of my life with Abram. So we're going to we're going to get uh, digging deep in that as well. But uh, I have a web uh, website uh, for my destiny life coaching. It's www.destinylifecoaching.org. Or you can reach me on Facebook or Instagram. Uh, I would love to hear from you. I would love to hear your thoughts about the book. Uh, I would love to start a book club, really, with people to talk about the discussion questions that are in the back of the book. I think that would be so fun. So, yeah, hit me up if you're um, if you're interested in anything like that. Love it. Thank you so much, Catherine. Thank you, Willow. It's been just a joy and an honor to be with you today. And you are lovely and beautiful as all always. Oh, thank you. 
Friend, I hope you enjoyed listening to not only Catherine's story, but the story behind the story of her book. It floors me when I think about Jesus dying and resurrecting and showing up to a woman with seven demons. Why her? Why that? I think that speaks to the kind of God we have, Jesus. He loves us. Despite our brokenness, despite our battles, despite whatever we've been through, He shows up in our life and He's so, so present, so good, so gracious, so kind, and so healing. Friend, if this interview at all encouraged you that there might be some healing that needs to happen in your life, I encourage you to take the next best step towards that. If you're needing information on counseling, you can contact us. Check out our website at wecollide.net. We have a whole page on wholeness and counseling and so many podcasts and blogs written by counselors. I hope that's a great resource to you. We also have an online course called The Counseling Bundle, where 12 different counselors teach on topics that are so relevant to women and their desire to experience healing. And it's an incredible experience, and I encourage you to check that out as well. My greatest hope for you this week is that you would keep colliding with the one who, even after death and resurrection, shows up to those who feel broken and battle demons because he wants them to know they're worthy of love. We'll catch you next week.